right, welcome everyone to the Fantasy Engineers Podcast. I'm Tyler, and I'm joined by my good friend and fantasy league rival, Datoon. We're here to discuss fantasy basketball points leagues. The reason we really wanted to make a podcast about points leagues, because we went out there trying to do research for our own points leagues, and we couldn't find anything. And we talk enough about fantasy basketball all the time, we kind of just thought, why not make our own? So, say hello, Datoon. What's up, everybody? Yep, as you heard, we're fantasy rivals, so what better way to, you know, go Hararu uh, than to make an actual podcast, so let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. So today, in our first episode, we're going to be starting off with a mock draft. We are going to be using the Sleeper platform just because it makes it very simple for us to do a mock draft to set it up. We can mock draft together with computers, so we're doing that. we are got a, a points league set up. We're going to go with a roster setup of point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, a guard, forward, and then two utility spots. So this is similar to the ESPN standard points league setup. Um, the reason we think people will start enjoying this points league setup is it's like doing DFS, but in competitive leagues with your friends so you get that same satisfaction from the dfs watching your points pile up every night and not have to picking guys based off of which categories you need later in the draft it's really nice when you get down later in the draft and you see one of your favorite players someone you love watching and you don't have to say darn they don't fit the categories that i need because they're going to get points and so you can draft them it gives you a little bit of freedom and along with that, like like I said, it's also really really user friendly. We play um, we play normal fantasy with a lot of players who aren't that in tune with fantasy as much as we are. So it makes it easier for them to stay involved, stay focused when it's just having to deal with points and not a whole bunch of different categories. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a really because I think fantasy basketball, if I had to guess, would probably be the least well known out of the, probably the big three: baseball, basketball, football. And so if you want to get your friends into a fantasy league with you, fantasy basketball league, get someone who's not really that much into the NBA into it. Points league's the easiest way to do it. They don't have to be thinking about categories they weren't keeping up with to begin with. They just get to draft the names. They can come in. Everybody comes in. They know, oh, there's Giannis, there's Luka, there's Jokic. Yeah, I know those guys. I can draft them. They're going to get points. So it's a fun way to go about it. Anything else you wanted to add about points no. league, why we're doing it this way? No, I think you covered just about all of it, but I mean, shoot, enough talking, you know, uh, they didn't, <laughs> people aren't coming here to hear us talk, so let's, yeah. let's get into the, get into the, all juice. right, so we've got a 10-team league set up here, I know a lot of people do 12, some people do 8, we really like 10, it's a good sweet spot to where you feel like you get some stars on your team, that you, it's fun to watch, you know, the first three rounds are usually guys' big names, um, Datun is going to be drafting out of the four spot, so he's going to be telling you, what to do, what to look for at the front half of the draft. Maybe see that four spot is really a pivotal spot, I'd say, this year. I feel like there's a big three, and you might agree with me, in fantasy basketball. And that four spot is really where you have to make your first decision, usually. Yep, I definitely agree. Um, I think this year, we kind of know it's unanimous who should be going in around the top three spots. I think there's three, four guys who can go in that top three. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who the computer takes in the top three. And I'll have uh, basically who's left to choose from from there. So, And I myself will be choosing out of the nine spot. I'll be picking towards the end. This is actually the spot I drafted in our actual league that we just drafted last night. Or, I'm sorry, this is Tuesday now, so two nights ago. 
so this is towards the end of the draft. I'm going to have two back-to-back picks pretty close to each other with one team sniping my picks in between. In our actual league, I was nine. Datun was 10. So me and him were fighting over players the whole draft. We stole yeah. a number of players from each other. And so we both had the kind of feel of what drafting from the end of the draft spot is like. So hopefully we'll have enough perspective on both halves of this draft. So, all right, I'm about to kick it off and we'll see. The computers are going to be picking the rest of the teams. And here we go. Let's do it. All righty. Okay. And and this is exactly this is exactly the order I would expect it to go in. Jokic went first, followed by Giannis, followed by Luca. So now I'm up. So let's see. I think here. I think the, I honestly think there's two options. Um, I would look to go James or Steph Curry here. Those would be my main two. Mainly because James Harden with the whole Kyrie news. I think he takes a huge step forward this year. He's a fantasy monster. Steph Curry with no Clay Thompson still showed he has MVP status. So um, my choice here would have to be James Harden. James Harden's a good one. And like you just mentioned, I mean, we didn't really cover a lot of news coming in. We just wanted to get into this draft. It's way more fun to draft. Um, but with the news, we just heard, I think it was today, right? Mm-hmm, Officially mm-hmm. today that Kyrie, yep. the Nets will not be letting him participate at all until he's full participant, meaning until he's vaccinated. That's a big deal because that pretty much means James Harden and Kevin Durant should be the two guys. You know, they're not sharing the court with another superstar until Kyrie comes back. Yep. And one of the things you like about Kyrie for the good and the bad, he's very committed to his beliefs, his cause. So there's, but that also means there's a good chance that, you know, he maybe doesn't get vaccinated at all. He's taking the stance. He doesn't like to bend when other people tell him how to how to live his life. That's good things for him. It does bad things for him. That's who he is. And so that could seriously affect him. There's a good chance he doesn't end up playing the season, making James Harden a solid pick there at four. So right after him, after Datoon took Harden at, at four, the next person he was talking about, Steph Curry, went at five. Anthony Davis went here at six. You think that's a little high this year based off what we saw last year? I definitely think it's a reach. You know, me, I'm biased. I'm a Lakers fan. But even as a Lakers fan, I think it's a reach. Um, I think Anthony Davis was very underwhelming last year. So I would expect him to, you know, kind of have a revenge season. He knows what people said about him. Um, He wants to prove to himself that he is, you know, indeed a top 10 uh, fantasy player and just a player in general, you know. Um, Last year, I think he projected projected to go in the top 10. He finished, what, outside the the 20? I think it was in the 30s range. Yeah, it was Yeah, so I think... It can play in his favor. I I would have, you know, I think those better options with, you know, Tatum, you know, 80 there. I don't I don't see a problem with it, but I definitely would have looked somewhere else. Yeah, just the Lakers last year started to see a little bit more load management. They struggled, didn't. They got bounced in the first round of the playoffs. It seemed like they were a little exhausted. Now, to be fair, last season was the least uh, – rest between seasons like that was the shortest offseason the lakers went all the way in the season before so you know them and the heat had the worst off seasons in nba history so i mean that could play a part i wouldn't look into it too much i would feel more comfortable with anthony davis in the second round but like you said he has that potential damian lillard goes at seven lebron james at eight and i'm sitting here at nine and i think the player that has fallen to me at nine is a steal the player sitting here at the top of my board is carl anthony towns now i know he's had a lot of a lot of injury history, um, 
the, their team is always doing terrible. So it, it always just feels like if they were competitive, he would be playing, you know, more games. They wouldn't be so careful with him. He'd be an absolute stud. I think he has categ- he has the categories, the assists, the rebounds, the blocks to compete for that number one overall spot. He'll still, I feel more comfortable saying top five, but I think he has, so I don't see why he would be left here for me. So I easily take Carl Anthony Towns. I did, and I I have to agree. Um, Cats getting to that point now. You hear you hear fans, you hear analysts talking. Cats getting to the point is it a make or break? You know, people they mentioned that Cat hasn't had a team. You know, they've made all these excuses, but now it's at the point. You know, he got everyone he wants on his team now. Yet they're still not winning. They're not even making playoffs at that. So, Cats kind of having to, he's going to have to now put the team on his back and really show the league that hey, I'm Coffee Towns, and you know I'm the real deal. So. I definitely think Cat at nine is a steal. I mean, oh, I think yeah. he's easily top five. If um, I'm starting my team, my draft at nine, and I get to pick another stud now, Carl Anthony Towns, like, I, I'm I'm so excited. I expect Carl Anthony Towns. I thought you were going to potentially bring him up for in the mix at your four spot. I agree with your James Harden pick, though. Mm-hmm. But for me at nine, Carl Anthony Towns, no, no question. And so then after me goes Trey Young and Jason Tatum. Tatum is actually the guy I wanted in our league because Towns was already gone. I wanted Tatum at the nine spot. He was stolen from me a spot earlier. The reason I like him, he's young. The team is built around him. He's getting better every single year. He can score. He can rebound. He's, he showed even this preseason a little bit more willingness uh, to distribute the ball. You just Every year you have to think he keeps getting better. He was clearly a second-round player last year. I think he has a solid chance and a very, very high floor to make it in the first round. Which Definitely now, agree. Definitely. And so now the guy sitting up here is the one I want as well. My next pick is going to be Kevin Durant for the exact reasons you said about James Harden. Now I know Kevin Durant has some injury concerns, but how are you going to not take potentially the best scorer in the entire league who just lost one of the superstars on his team, who is on a team that they built for a championship in the second round. So starting off my team, Cat Durant, I love it. Great start, great start. And, you know, I've talked to you a lot. So they, they, they have Durant listed as a small four power forward. So, you know, he'll cover both those positions for you. And, right. you know, one of the biggest things for me coming to this draft, I, I think the weakest positions are forward and center. So you covering that early, I mean, that's just beneficial. I think guards can be found extremely easily late in the draft. That's just my my opinion. You can find a guard, you know, it might not give you 20, 30 points, but, you know, he might give you 10 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. So, I think guards are fairly easy to balance. I think he did a great job um, starting off. Uh, then the team eight took Booker. Okay. Kind of a, again, we are on the sleeper app, so the rankings are a bit different than on ESPN and Yahoo. Um, they have, like, for example, they have Sabonis ranked at 25, Zion's ranked at 30. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll kind of take some things with a grain of salt. But yeah, Booker in a typical league would be taken. At 13, it's a little bit a little bit too high, but or pick 12, a little bit too high. Uh, followed by Beal, I think Beal in East Penn uh, leagues is ranked at six. So yeah, Beal there, honestly, not a bad pick. Um, no, and I've actually seen Beal in some ESPN mock drafts. I've taken. People are not sure he's one of those guys that, unfortunately, uh, as a fantasy manager, he's not vaccinated as well. He says a, a decision is personal, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't sound like he plans on getting the vaccine which is mm-hmm. his decision. Yep. Uh, Washington, D.C. does not have the mandates like New York and California, 
but he is at risk. And anytime he travels to one of those places, he can't play. And then the league does have stricter policies that if he gets exposed, he has to quarantine, not just test positive. If he gets exposed, he has to quarantine. So who knows how many times in the throughout a year that results in losing a player for a game or two or a week. You know, those are things that can be frustrating, but Beal without Russ, probably worth the upside pick there. For sure, for sure. Um, next pick comes up to be Joel Embiid. Really great pick, in my opinion. Joel Embiid, um, now that you know, we've had news that Simmons did, you know, come get his COVID shot or COVID test last night. So it seems like they are making plans for Simmons to return. But even still, with Ben Simmons, Embiid was still a top five player last year, barring injury and everything. So I think Embiid there is an absolute steal, uh, followed by Bam Adebayo. Uh, ben Adebayo there, to me, you know, personally, I think it's a little bit of a reach. I think, you know, those, there, there might have been a few better options, you know, within Zion or maybe, maybe even Sabonis. But still think it's a good pick. Bam, you know, they're, Miami's a playoff contender. This added Kyle Lowry, a real, real big assist guy. So I think it works out in his favor. So we'll be interested to see what Bam does this year. Yeah, and like you said, that person I think is criminally underranked, and I took him so I, in our draft at 12, and ESPN had him ranked at 20, was Sabonis. I took DeMontis Sabonis at 12. I don't know why people can't seem to believe that he has the potential to be a first-round player. He was putting mm-hmm. up first-round numbers a lot last season. He could go on stretches where he just has an unstoppable motor, loves to get rebounds, loves to get shots. Rick Carlisle came in and said, please start shooting more threes and making more threes. Now, the only thing is they could, you know, if Carlisle brings in an offense that takes the ball out of his hands some more, it would hurt. But I don't see there's any way uh, Sabonis goes past a middle of the second round value. Anyways, you're up here at pick seven of the second round. Yeah, so pick seven. So, yeah, like you said, Sabonis here is just about just about makes sense, right? You got Sabonis. You have Zion Williamson. Then another another option you have this year, who's a guy who's been you know every year just continuing to go up, is De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox in points league is immensely good. I really like him. Every year seems to just continue to get better. Still young. Um, he's been suffering from injury the past couple of years, but you know it might also contribute to the Kings not being that good of a team. And then my other option here, that's really you know interesting pick, is Paul George. Paul George, Kawhi, I think is out. So far, I think they said February, with a good chance it might be for the whole season. Right. So that just opens the team up to Paul George. He's the only other superstar. They have some young guys, you know, building up. But as far as superstars, Paul George is the only other one. But I think for me, I think Sabonis makes the most sense. Um, last year, he performed in the top 10. I know they got a new coach in uh, Rick Carlisle, but even still, Sabonis there is just absolute steal. And he's in one of those positions, power forward, where you feel like the depth is not great. So you get someone to lock in at that position where you worried later on in the draft may not be the best. Yep, exactly. So next up, we had Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Donovan Mitchell. What do you think about those three? I I can understand them. Jimmy Butler, he had a, a great stretch last year. Um, but the, the Heat are one of those teams that can kind of frustrate you with all of a sudden guys are sitting out and you're not quite sure what's going on. It happens every now and then. I hate to draft based off of that. He he looked great as a distributor last year, but then they brought in Kyle Lowry. To me, I feel more comfortable with him in the third round. Uh, 
he could easily he's one of those he's the go-to guy though i mean he's like he's still the man so at the end of the game you feel comfortable that he's still going to get points you hate it when you're watching a team at the end of the game and your guy's the guy they're not going to for buckets you're going to for plays you know that's and also he's a good source of steals and blocks usually and in a points lead the hustle stats i like to call them are rewarded greatly our league personally does two points per steal or assist i mean two points per steal or block the espn standard leagues i think does four or at least some points leagues do four per which is so i mean you're getting a huge amount of points from steals and blocks so maybe that's what they're thinking there yep very true very true then, when, of course, we had Paul George go at 19, and then Donovan Mitchell wraps it up at 20. Um, weirdly, we see Kawhi Leonard ended up going at 20, yeah. 23. I don't know about this. I think yeah. <laughs> either sleepers not updating their ranking on this guy, or maybe some people are still taking him because they have a couple IR spots. Yeah, And they're hoping this will win you your championship, I guess, if you plan on making it that far. Like, hey, I'll just stick him on. If you you have to have multiple IR spots, in my opinion, to draft Kawhi Leonard yeah. anywhere, let alone early. Exactly. I definitely agree. Kawhi Leonard there. I think it's definitely a bit too early. Kawhi Leonard is in a w- worse situation to me than Kyrie Irving at this point, right? And I don't think Kyrie oh, yeah. Irving should be drafted anywhere. I, I see he's next up on our average draft pick at 21. So, according to Sleeper, he should have been drafted by now as far as average. But uh, he should definitely be slated more towards the eighth ninth round but a surprising person that's still on that's still available to me one De'Aaron fox and two zion williamson oh, yeah. zion last year struggled with the uh you know his first overall injury now he's having a foot injury as well so maybe that's one of the reasons he's slotted down and but, honestly at this point you know in the third round this is where you decide you either take a guy with immense upside who wins the league or you go safe and you try to, you know, find steals at the end of the draft. But Zion, if you take Zion in the third round, I know his foot injury could be a little scary. They haven't really talked about much when he's coming back. They've really been kind of hazy and they've always been like that with him. But he's a potential second, early second round kind of player. And so you could start off a draft with three guys if he comes back healthy, if they don't sit him out. It could really be a solid start to your draft. Definitely agree. Um, yeah, my pick would have to be Zion. 24, can't beat that. I don't blame you at all there. And let's see. Okay, well, like you said, they have, and I know that the way that Sleeper does their points league is, you know, you get the best score mm-hmm. from everybody's, from like the ones, the one single game that was their best game over the week that counts to your score. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to pick guys, I think, who have the best home run potential. So that's why you see guys like Shy Gilgis Alexander, DeAndre Ayton. I mean, these are all guys who should have probably one game in the week where they just blow up and you get to use that. But at this point, I now have a center. I have a small forward power forward and Kevin Durant. So I have a little bit more flexibility yep. into where I want to go. I think the guy I'm going with, though, is someone you already mentioned. I don't think De'Aaron Fox should make it past the third round, and they have him going into the fourth round. I have my absolute third. Brandon Ingram. I personally am a huge Memphis fan. You know that. Mm-hmm. Dante was a huge Lakers fan. We'll go ahead and throw those out there so y'all know that. <laughs> so John Morant's sitting there looking at me. You know, personally, I'm dying to pick John Morant, but and he showed a lot of potential in the preseason, but 
I've learned in the past to not take too much stock out of the preseason. It's a long season. Yep. And De'Aaron Fox, like you said, is getting better and better every year. His steals, his assists, scoring. I mean, like, he's just unstoppable. Um, I love love De'Aaron Fox here. So I'm going to take De'Aaron Fox as my Great third pick. round pick. Great pick. And then right after me goes Porzingis and Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons here, I think you actually took Ben Simmons at that exact spot. That exact spot. That exact spot. Um, I have high hopes for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, he's 25. He's a top five defensive player. Uh, we, you talked about how how important points are for steals and blocks. I think Ben Simmons provides both of those. Right. He's a triple-double threat on any night. And then, he, I mean, he's a three-time All-Star now. I mean, he's continually gotten better. I think he had, you know, a four-week bad stint that a lot of people kind of took way out of control, especially yeah. their fan, uh, the Philadelphia fans. So I think Ben, especially if he gets traded, comes back on the mission, you know. He's going to prove to everybody that, you know, he is the player that, that – they thought he they thought he was right so i think this is his year to prove himself and if not you know they said he's coming back to philadelphia now he has mm-hmm. to show teams that want to trade for him or, oh, or yeah. think about trading for him that he's tradable so i think he really comes out on a mission so i think ben simmons there is a great spot yeah and so for the people who are worried about what if he gets traded you know what do i do I actually think worst case scenario is what if he stays in Philadelphia? Like, you know what you're getting out of Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. He's he's a good player defensively. He can sometimes let you down scoring. He's always a triple-double threat. And the worst part is that things are going to be probably super awkward. The fans might be booing because, you know, they've all been jabbing him this whole offseason. You know, he may have deteriorated some teammates or coaches' relationships. But if he gets traded, some team is emptying their chess for Ben Simmons, right? So, I mean, they're going to be clearing out players. They're going to be clearing out picks. If the team goes and gets him, they're going to use the heck out of him because they've built their team on him. Like they said, this is our guy. So I actually think, you know, depending on where he goes, it could hurt. But if someone trades for him, he can't get worse because, I mean, even in the Pacers, who sound like one of the best teams to potentially trade for, they talked about giving up Karis LeVert for him which takes off a huge scoring, rebounding assist guy and mm-hmm. gives Ben Simmons. So like, I'm not, I'm not worried where he goes, especially with the news of him coming back. That's what I was worried about was if he's going to be sitting out. How many games does he miss? How many am I comfortable with losing when I draft him this high? Okay, so my next pick, which is pick two of the fourth round, yep. I've got guys like Brandon Ingram, Zach Levine, John Morant, Chris Middleton and Jalen Brown. Those are all kind of guys I like at this spot. And I know Brandon Ingram had an incredible season last year. He really play, outplayed his draft spot. He he really showed that he could be like a superstar in this league. I don't know why. I'm just not as comfortable with him this year. Mm-hmm. Part of me thinks it could be Zion stepping forward. They did get rid of Lonzo, so maybe they use Brandon Ingram more in the playmaking, which would help him a lot. Yes, I agree. But at this point, I think because I took Durant early, which is a risk in my opinion. Not a bad risk, but a risk because, you know, injury, age, how much they want to sit him out. I want to take a high floor guy. And I want to take a guy that has a higher ceiling when his oft-injured superstar counterpart hurts his knees like he does every year. So I think I might go Chris Middleton here because Chris Middleton, you know, he's a, he's an excellent player. He's always underrated because he's having to play behind Zion. I mean, having to play behind Giannis. 
Anytime Giannis sits out, which he does occasionally because his knees have hurt him every single year, he has to take a few maintenance games. Chris mm-hmm. Middleton goes off. So I like that upside. I like the floor of Middleton. Jalen Brown was one I was really liking as well there. He was probably my second pick was Jalen Brown. But the only reason I picked Middleton over Jalen Brown is because we know that Jalen hasn't received the vaccine as well. He's already having to quarantine right now because he tested positive. And like I said, anybody who gets exposed without the vaccine, they are told to sit out and quarantine for as long as the league tells them to. So we don't know how long that would be. Could be a couple of days, could be a couple of weeks. And I don't like that uncertainty. Yep. Definitely agree. Definitely agree with all the points you made. Jalen Brown had a really good, uh, really big breakout season. First time all-star. Uh, I definitely look for him to, to keep that same energy going to this year. Uh, like I said, the vaccine shot, you know, that's a, that's a huge risk. You know, it's, a, it's his personal right to do whatever he wants to. But when it comes to fantasy, you know, you have to choose what will be best for your team. So having that risk would be kind of, you know, a little excessive. So Jalen Brown there is not, not, a bad, not a bad spot. But a guy I'm surprised is still available that definitely is going to be second round, if not first round, value this year, especially with his coach who likes to play people 45 minutes a game, is Julius Randle. Julius Randle had a great season last year, MVP-like season last year at that. So if I had really had to get, I mean, I think there's no shot I have to take Julius Randle here. I know I'm, that would be my third power forward, but leaving yeah. him on the board here would be be terrible at that point. And I, I don't expect him to make it back to me. The computer, mm-hmm. you, you never know what they'll do. But yeah. I think here is a has to take Julius Randle. And he's got that center eligibility as well. So you've got um, Sabonis. You play him at power forward. Zion at one of your util spots. And then Randall at your center. So you, you're at least able to stick all these guys in your starting lineup. Ah, darn it. I was really hoping there was someone there who's going to make it all the way back a little bit before they're down the board. After you went Siakam, Ja, who I you know personally love. Chris Paul, Drummond, McCollum, and Van Vliet. That's who I was kind of hoping to make it all the way back to me. Yep. He's ranked a little bit lower in sleeper than he is on some of the other platforms. Kyle Lowry's out of the way. He showed a lot of potential um, with both rebounds and assists. Like, he should be the main ball handler. I was kind of hoping he'd make it back to me. And that's that's fair. That's very fair. So, let's see. John Morant, really good pick. Really, really good pick in the fourth round. Ninth pick. Surprised he dropped that low. But, you know, with sleeper, they got a lot of, a lot of reaches. for. So, it seems like this sleeper... Rankings might be based a lot on last year, last year's rankings, maybe. Because um, we see Andre Drummond, who's going to be the backup to Embiid this year, going in the fifth round at the first pick. You know? Yeah, I don't know um, about that either. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be going off the you know the assumption that Embiid sits a lot this year. And if Embiid sits yeah. a lot and puts Drummond at the primary center, I think that's a huge upgrade. I think that's a huge pick. But, I mean, Embiid, you know, they've talked about it. He says he's full go after his rehab this offseason, but the fact that he's having to tell people after his rehab, maybe puts a little bit of doubt in their minds. Yeah, and I think I think it's you know you have no choice but to doubt it. And, you know, this is Embiid's fifth fifth year now, so yeah. fifth sixth year, fifth sixth year. So you know, every single year seems to be something. You know, if not, I don't think he's had a a seventy five plus season. So you know, you always expect something to come up. But he's on my normal fantasy team, so let's hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so then it's followed by CJ McCollum and Van Vliet. Uh, Van Vliet, I think, is a steal there. CJ McCollum, he had a really, he was having a really good breakout season last year before he, I think he broke his foot. Um, not a bad pick. I still think there's better options. You know, uh, Michael Porter Jr., 
he's a, he's on a, he's on a he's been a tear going on from last year. I think he'll continue that this year. Um, another person I'm surprised is right really low. Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray. They they yeah. ended up losing you know Lamarcus Aldridge mid year as well as Demar Derozan. So that's a lot of touches. And I I feel like next up has to be Dejounte Murray. I mean him, Derek White, and then Keldon Johnson. I know they picked up Thaddeus Young. But I still see DeJounte Murray at the top of usage for the Spurs. And he was right. already a triple a triple double threat last year, as well as a real high, uh, a real highly used defensive guy as well. So I think him here is a steal. But honestly, I have somebody who I picked up last year on my team who served me really well. He's a young guy, he'll be his second year. But I see him really take a he haven't let a huge step this year. I can find them. I just saw them a second ago. Ranks really low, surprisingly. I think I know who you're talking about. You definitely know who I'm talking about. It's my man, Lamelo Ball. I say he's all the way down there at 74 for some reason. Yeah. I've drafted him in our league at pick four. I mean, my third round pick last at three nine. So I honestly, obviously believe in him as well. Uh, right after Lamelo goes Capella, and I know how good Capella is when he plays. I know that Trey Young dishes the ball to his big man better than most people in the league. But when you see the report of a PRP injection into your Achilles, I am just terrified of that. I, I mean, he may prove me wrong, come out and play this whole season, be an Iron Man. But I don't know how many report, injury reports I've seen positive after someone gets a PRP injection. To me, that always sounds like they are just trying their best to avoid surgery. And you never really see a lot of positive effects. Like, oh, he got his PRP injection. He was healed. It's always like, ah, oh, they gave it to him, and now it's just a matter of time. So I'm terrified of drafting Clint Capella. I'm staying away from him for a while. I know he's got lots of upside here at five, the fifth round, but I'm terrified of him. DeRozan goes after that, moving on to Chicago. It'll be interesting to see how much he is used with such a star-studded team. Kyle Lowry down in Miami should be still good. Michael Porter Jr. after that at the eighth pick in the fifth round, you know, with Jamal Murray out, like you said, should have a lot of the workload. You just kind of wonder after he comes back, does your pick come to bite you? Do they keep using him? He was just so inconsistent. Um, if he comes out, he has clearly potential to be, I think, a third, second round pick if they play him like they should, if they give him the ball. Let the, a lot of the scoring go through him. I know Jokic is an absolute superstar, but Michael Porter Jr. has that potential. He could be one of the best young players in this league. So I know you. I'm fine with that fifth round or earlier, maybe even fourth round, taking that shot at Michael Porter Jr. and seeing if it returns on investment. It really could be something special. So now I'm looking here at some of the guys that's got left. Like you said, Deontay Murray is on my list because I like the statistical triple-double threat. Yep. Um, especially in our league, we actually give a small bonus for double-doubles and triple-doubles. So most nights he's threatening those extra points. Um, Christian Wood is one of those I'm considering. He's He was just barely, I think they said, I think I saw something that was funny. It said like if he had just gotten 12 more rebounds on the season, he averaged a double-double. Like he was that close. Mm-hmm. So almost a double-double machine with a lot of blocks. Um, so it's really between those two. They've got Drew Holiday and Jaron Jackson up here, but I'm not 
sold on them at this point. Another Drew Holiday is a solid player. If you need some, if you need a floor guy, which is why I took Middleton earlier, and you've you've taken a lot of upside and you want a floor, Drew Holiday is one of the best floor players I think you can get. He is every year he gets older, you know, and with them just winning a championship, I'm afraid to see how much rest they give these guys. And I'm really torn here, but I'm going to play the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take Christian Wood because he's ranked Ooh, higher. Okay, okay. And I think Deontay Murray will be there for me in the sixth round. And I was right. Yep. So Tobias Harris went after that and Drew Holiday. And now, at this point, I am not letting Deontay Murray go any further. It's just ridiculous to me that he's this far down. So now, yeah, Deontay Murray, I think, hands down, top top 30, top 30 player. For sure. Really easily. Top, fa- fantasy top 30 player. Oh, yeah, um, because DeRozan's usage was absurd last season. And the fact that he's out there now without him, it's all young guys. And so someone's taking it over. And he already showed leadership last year. Definitely agree. So coming next, we had Jaron Jackson. I think uh, Jaron Jackson now, we've talked about this. He's at the, he's at the make or break point. Um, Memphis is getting ready to go on to start there. You know, they're, they're contending – they're contending time. So Jaron Jackson has to prove to Memphis that, you know, he's the player they thought he was when they drafted him. So mm-hmm. I think Jaron Jackson comes out this year. And he's playing uh, for a contract this year. They have not come to terms on a contract. They were rumoring something around $100 million, which is not max. So he is playing for a contract. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see what he does this year. You know, he provides you scoring. He provides you blocks. But, you know, he's not, not a great rebounder. He has, you know, he shows he shows hints every now and then, but not a great rebounder. So it'll be interesting to see what he does this year. Next up, we had Miles Turner. Miles Turner at the sixth round, fourth pick. He's got to be one of those floor guys. You know, he gives scoring. He's decent on rebounding and good on block shots. So good floor, I would say. Um, but you got to be worried with how much they've talked about potentially trading him because they don't like the fit with him and Sabonis. Yeah, I, I definitely, for me personally, I don't like that pick at all there. Um, I think there's a lot of better options. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, um, oh, yeah. they, they lost Cantor. Their only backup center, I believe, um, is is Larry Nance. I know they have Harry Giles. They might try to you know, rotate some of them in as uh, backup. But, you know, Nurkic, we have Jonas Valanciunas, who, you know, he might, might not get as much playing time as he did on Memphis now that he's on the New Orleans, but still think it's a... Uh, Far better option than Miles Turner there at that spot. Montrez Harrell, another interesting one, as well as Rashawn Holmes. So, I mean, I think those other center options there that I wouldn't take Miles Turner early. I think Miles Turner is going to be should be top 100, maybe you know a little bit a little bit higher than that. So, then followed by Kimba Walker. Kimba Walker, similar new team. Um, a lot of people counting him out now. Has been a lot of a lot of years now where they're seeing Kimba Walker is just injury prone. Hasn't producing like they thought he would in in, uh, in Boston. Mm-hmm. I think I think he he comes out this year that he's already you know joked around with Thibodeau that he will be playing back to back. He'll be playing. And that's so, reassuring. Yeah, now I'm to worry about injury. Uh, at least load management will be good. Not gonna say injury because he yeah. has an injury code. So yeah, yeah, he still got know. the same knees, but uh, we'll, he gets, we'll find he, out. Yeah, when you got knees like like me, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, definitely not a good thing in the NBA. So <laughs> oh man. And also, can I say something real quick before you make your pick? Go ahead. ahead. At this point in the draft, it's okay to start scrolling a little bit. Like, just because someone's ranked up there at rank 50 doesn't mean you have to take them. Like, this is where you can start feeling comfortable. I'm not saying scroll into the hundreds yet, but 
you know, look down the next 20 guys. You, you can feel comfortable reaching a little bit here if you really believe in a player further down. Don't just believe the expert rankings because that's what they say. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Because, I mean, we saw that in ESPN leagues, and this is actually the player I'm about to take now. I think he'll be – I think he's going to be really oh, solid this year. Oh, no, I, ha- I have to. I have to. But in Please ESPN don't. leagues, this player who I'm about to take was ranked uh, in the 100s, which is very surprising. Sleeper has him uh, has him ranked, you know, a lot lower, which is good. But he was, I think, ranked 140 in ESPN, and that's just absurd. Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> last year, when John Wall went out, showed that he could potentially be an all-star one day. I mean, he he was he had a 50-point game. He was giving you triple doubles. This man was just showing out. So I think him ranked in this like 83. It's just absurd. I think he he comes back even better. He's proven to the Cavs that you know he wasn't the distraction they said he was. So you know it'll be interesting. He's to see. one of those sleepers both of us have liked. Me and you fought over him in our draft. I managed to get him. I think I picked him at this pick coming up for me, the seventh round pick. Yeah, yep. he was ranked all the way down to the 130s, but I I took him. Now, because I truly believe he could be a dynamic player for them. All they went and got was a, a rookie who should be slightly, should be very inconsistent, and that should mean that the ball still stays in his hands more. Yeah, and I think that's where I think that's where we clash. I, I you know, I'm a huge Jalen Green fan. Um, I, I believe he should have been the number one pick. I believe if he went to college, he would have been the number one pick. But you know, I think he, I think honestly, it's honestly hit or miss. I don't, I think taking Kevin Porter Jr. this high is a good pick. But honestly, it wouldn't be as bad to take Jalen Green. They could both have, you know, similar seasons. It's possible, yeah. We, we've noticed from preseason how good Jalen Green's been. So, who yeah. knows, you know, where how he'll end up. So, it'll be interesting. As well as John Wall. John Wall hasn't been moved yet. I think they said they'll come to an agreement on trading him. But he hasn't been moved yet. I haven't been watching Houston much in the preseason. I don't think John Wall's been playing. No, I don't think they're playing him right now. So, yeah. you can take a chance between them where you think he's going to go. For but sure. I don't think they're playing him at Houston. His contract is massive. It's the biggest problem. Exactly. So not a lot of teams gonna gonna want that. So Houston, they might have to buy him out if they really want to move him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So next up, we had Buddy. Oh, wait, wait, Valanciunas. I think solid pick. Um, I think we we kind of see different Valanciunas. I think Valanciunas is gonna be a, still a solid piece this year. I think he only needs. He's one of those guys who needs 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. To to get through. And, and I mean, I have to think that he's not going to be as good this year because that's the only way I can justify the trade. You know, like I have to, as a Memphis fan, believe that <laughs> I have to hope Valanciunas isn't a star. If he comes out and just dominates again, I'm just going to be so sad that we traded him away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how he operates with Zion down there. Zion also not a great rebounder, so right. you know we'll see. Next up, Robert Covington, the category league's prime player, uh, picked as. The sixth round ninth pick. We're in a points league, so it's interesting to see yeah, him. Yeah, go go this early. Um, you know, I think he was a solid player last year. He floated in and out of our waivers. I don't think anyone ever rostered him on a team too long. So it's yeah, interesting he's to just, go there. He he'll be okay. He just has no upside. You know, like at this point in his career, he knows what he is. Yep. And so it's not. You you may get an explosion game every now and then if he just. Decides he's on fire because you know Melo's not there, so he's he could be taking more threes. But other than that, I mean, there's just not a lot of upside. Definitely agree. Andrew Wiggins um, just got vaccinated, so yep. he yep. doesn't have that restriction anymore on him because California was one of the California, New York, of course. If y'all didn't already know, are saying that you know they're not allowing activities if you're not vaccinated. So Wiggins getting that vaccine clears him of that. 
So not a bad pick. You know, Clay Thompson is slated to come back this year. Uh, that'll definitely take some usage away from him. They picked up Otto Porter Jr., you know, a 3D guy. That takes away a little bit of shots, as well as Jordan Poole coming to his own. So it'll be interesting to see where Wiggins fits. I still see him as the second option on the on the Warriors um, behind Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if Jordan Poole continues on the rise like he has been, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Jordan what happens. Jordan Poole has looked good preseason so far. I know, like I said, it's preseason, but he's looked confident. He's taking shots. He's running a lot of the offense. Um, looks good. Definitely agree. Most definitely agree. So, followed by Buddy Hield. Buddy Hield in Sacramento. Three three guy. You know, you know what you're getting out of him. Mm-hmm. Three-pointers. Um, he might have a he's had he's won a little bit of stand, you know, getting rebounds and assists, but pretty much a, a three pointer guy. Draymond. Draymond, I think a great pick for the seventh round. He's an all around guy. He's not gonna give you twenty, thirty points, but when it comes to rebounds and assists, he always has and he's a great defensive player as well. Real gritty. Um, I like that pick there. And Kelly Oubre, new team Charlotte. Um a lot of scores on that team. It'll be interesting. I think he'll be a three and D guy as well on Charlotte. Um, yeah. they lost him. He showed a lot in Phoenix. He did show a lot in Phoenix. He did. So it'll be interesting. Um, Golden State, you know, he had a really bad slump. So hopefully he's looking to, you know, <laughs> come uh, come come back into his own when he's mm-hmm. now back on Charlotte. They have a young team. They're trying to compete, trying to have fun. So it'll be interesting to see. So now back to me. So currently, you know, I have shooting guard, power, uh, point, uh, point guard, power forward, power forward, power forward, and a shooting guard. So I have a couple of centers. So I'm kind of filled. So I think here I would look to take really look to take another guard here. Guard or small forward, honestly. Had no small forward spot. Rashawn Holmes is listed as a small forward right here, which in most leagues, well, I'm about yeah, to say almost he's all. He's usually just a center, power yeah, forward center. Power forward center. So yeah. I'm a draft. I know most people will be playing out of uh ESPN and Yahoo, and I don't think Rashawn Holmes is a small forward there. So I'm gonna play as if he's so let me sort by small forwards here. So Jeremy Grant, I think uh really good really good pick. Jeremy Grant is one of the sole players on on Detroit. Um he, he signed a massive contract. He, last year he showed a lot of promise until injury. Um riskable with him is Detroit's not gonna be a good team. They'll have to prove me wrong for that. Um so load management's gonna be a big deal. So honestly, who I would want to take here would be my guy who has really been showing a lot of promise would be Anthony Edwards. Oh, that coming. I Edwards, was sure he was going to make it back to me. Dad, <laughs> Anthony in. Edwards showed me last uh, year that, that he was a real deal scorer. He was the number one pick of arguably the rookie of the year. They gave it to LaMelo even after injury. So I think he comes back this year even stronger for his sophomore season. Um, the, the biggest issue now people are talking about is Malik Beasley. You know, Malik Beasley returned another yeah. score, taking away his usage. But honestly, I don't think that affects Anthony Edwards too much. You know, um, he showed a lot of promise of preseason, so it's just a see. You don't so. spend the number one pick on a guy and then give his usage to Malik Beasley. I know it's, Malik Beasley's a great player, um, but they're going to find a role for Malik Beasley. They're not going to find a role for the number one overall pick. And you saw, you know that I agree with that. I took Anthony Edwards and Kevin Porter Jr. in our actual draft, so I believe in that pick. And then my backup pick was taken right after you. So thanks, Team 5. Yusuf Nurkic, who I believe this year, coming back, he's completely ready to go from injury. They traded away Ennis Cantor, who was too good on the boards and on defense to not play. I mean, not trade. They got, he's, he's out. He's out of town. So this is Nurkic's center position. 
Like he should be the numbers you saw two years ago where he was a big time scorer, big time part of the offense. Dame loves him. I think that's an easy pick there. So I was prepared to go Anthony Edwards, Yusuf Nurkic. Both of those guys are gone. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so now here at this pick, I need a shooting guard. And then my two utility spots are open. Yep. I think the guy at the top of the board is actually the one I like here. Malcolm Brogdon's up here at the top. Oh, wow. Uh, I know he he's very injury prone. He I know people have referred to him as like the glass cannon. Because oh, when yeah. he's in, he's so <laughs> yeah. close. He's, his assists are great. You know, his steals are, are always enough to keep you afloat. Um, they love to let him run the offense. The And I, I don't have Sabonis in this league. That affected my ESPN draft because I had Sabonis. I didn't want to take two Pacers too quickly. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, just with the Pacers and both the T-Wolves, I have that kind of lingering in my head of those are the teams Ben Simmons could be traded to. Yep. But... Um, so I still like Malcolm Brogdon here at this point because I need a shooting guard. Uh, Montrez Harrell was one I was thinking. I liked him there. Tyler Hero went here. It's a little early for my taste. They seem to be playing in the six man, which could be good. Jordan Clarkson showed value out of the six man. Uh, so we'll see about Tyler Hero there. But then here, because I only have one center, I don't think any of my other guys are center eligible i think christian wood actually is but i will be probably playing him more as a power forward because i don't have anybody else eligible there at this point i think i like jared allen a lot of the guys after him don't really seem to have the guaranteed playing time i know that they just drafted um mobley evan mobley so i mean that doesn't help but i like jared allen's defensive upside here oh yeah for sure the Cavs right now are in a I think they're trying to figure out what they're doing themselves. Um, they have a lot of forwards and centers. They just signed uh, Jared Allen to a massive deal, a massive contract, as well as signing marketing. So, you know, a pretty hefty deal, especially after lackluster season he had with the Bulls last year. So um, I think Jared Allen will still be solid. Um, you know, I had Jared Allen for on my fantasy team a lot last year, and I loved him. You know, the blocks, the rebounds, and, you know, 10, 15, 20 points a game. So it was really solid. And the, the contract, like you said, is what's keeping me in on Jared Allen. Like, mm-hmm. surely you don't give the guy that kind of contract and then trade for marketing and draft Mobley just to push him out of playing time. Exactly. Um, the player, I'm just, I'm surprised you didn't talk about um, when you picked Brogdon, when you needed a shooting guard, was the guy who just went, Colin Sexton. Um, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, two at the monster, they call him Sexton and that. Uh, <laughs> At, uh, at <laughs> one Cleveland. of the better yeah. nicknames in the NBA. Right. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they have – I'm surprised Garland hasn't won. I'm surprised Colin Sexton went eighth round. Uh, Colin Sexton showed last year that this man is uh, – it was, what, his third season that shows that he still has a lot of promise going um, for the future. So seeing him go this late is really surprising. I see Colin Sexton in his top 50 um, at least, especially um, if he stays healthy. So seeing him go this late was definitely a steal for Team 8. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, I think another steal. I think Rashawn Holmes, um, the problem is, you know, it's, it's Sacramento. That's the only problem. Uh, yeah. Sacramento, you don't know what you're getting out of them. Uh, it's, it's, they have Whiteside, they have Bagley, but they've been playing Bagley and Holmes together, so they haven't really been clashing too much. So it'll be interesting to see. And um, I agree with Colin Sexton there. I mean, I know he's, like, every year he's getting better. He's young. He should be improving 
I just like what I've seen out of Brogdon, um, but I definitely do not knock anybody for taking Colin Sexton there. Most definitely, most definitely. So, didn't fall to Aaron Gordon, LaMarcus Aldridge. Two picks that I wouldn't have taken there, but, you know, um, Aaron Gordon signed a big contract, so, you know, this could be his proven year. But with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Jokic, I think that's – that's. I, I really don't like fourth options in fantasy, especially in a 10-team. Yeah. Unless you can do something besides score. Um, but, you know, who knows? Aaron Gordon might prove me wrong this year. Um, now it's back to my pick. So I'm torn. I have, I have two players I'm really interested in. Um, the first being OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be another really solid play this year. Um, he's been showing a lot of promise, um, especially in preseason. He's been soon get better every year. And now they don't have Siakam until November, at least, as well as no Cal anymore. So I think OG Ananobi here is a steal at the eighth round, as well as Jeremy Grant. Okay, so my pick, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go with OG Ananobi here. Okay, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, again, still injured. He's questionable to miss this whole season, I read today. So, interesting pick there. But, again, they're going off of our slot, I'm assuming, and him coming back and making a difference. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart, Mitchell Robinson. Um, uh, I don't like it as much. Um, Miles Bridges, that was going to be my my next pick. Was Miles it? Bridges, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's looking, got he's got upside this year. Looking really good. Last year, I, I mean, last last night, he I mean, he had twenty two points, ten rebounds, six assists. He's just he's just showing how versatile he is on Charlotte. So, yep. Lamelo, him and Lamelo have a great chemistry. It looks like Lamelo loves throwing it up. He loves dunking it. So, exactly. And lose, losing Devontae Graham on Charlotte now oh, it's, yeah. just makes, you know, more usage for him. Now, they picked up Kelly, Kelly Oubre, but we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whiteside, Graham. Um, I don't like it as much. Whiteside, I think, is too questionable. I don't think he I, – I don't see him being too much of great use. I, I see him behind Gobert, but, I mean, they like Gobert, so – he showed at Portland that he only needs 20 minutes to make a respectable stat line. Nothing yeah. that's going to win you the week, but nothing that's going to you know, give you a zero. So I could see why maybe, but you're really kind of hoping that they don't play Gobert as much as they have been to take Whiteside there. Exactly, exactly. Um, so now my pick's back up. So now we're at the point where, you know, in the draft where you can start, you know, pick picking players who, you know, might not – you can, my, you're looking to have a breakout season, I would say. Right, um, yeah. So, in my choice, I think the two people I would be looking at here is, I know I already have Kevin Porter Jr., but Jalen Green, I think, is uh, really solid. Mm-hmm. As I'm well actually, as, I'm going to scroll all the way down to Jalen Green right now. Right. Jalen Green, really solid option. And forgot my other guy is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, solid option on uh, Washington. Uh, you know, he had a real bad injury last year, missed the season. But I think Spencer Dinwiddie here would be really good, mainly because, you know, it would just be him and Bradley Beal. And then with the additions of Kuzma and Montrez Harrell. But, you know, with Beal, who knows, you know, with the Wizards wanting to load manage him, whatever. I think that opens up for Dinwiddie to really show himself. Um, so I think things are solid fit. Yeah, and he's he should have plenty of opportunity this year. Uh, so some of the guys you mentioned is who I'm looking at. Uh, they've got, like, Kevin Love, John Wall, Oladipo, Marketing here. That's our top four remaining. I 
am not drafting any of those four anywhere this year. I just I don't know where John Wall's going. I don't know how they're planning plan on using him. Kevin Love just seems to be heading towards retirement every year. You know, yeah. they keep drafting <laughs> players in his position, trying to squeeze him out. So I don't like it. Marketing seems to be playing a backup role. Karis Levert, someone you could think about taking a chance on here. Not a chance in whether or not he'll be good, but one, his stress fracture in his back. As long as that's not a big deal, he comes back healthy. Should be a fine player. He was mentioned in the Philadelphia trade package, though. If that works out, you know, what's his role in Philly? So it just kind of depends what they do with him from there. Uh, So I'm not opposed to taking him. I'm probably going to pass right now since I just drafted Malcolm Brogdon. Mm -hmm. And I think I am taking the guy that you've been talking about. I'm going to try. I'm shooting for the stars here, Jalen Green. Like I want someone who's got that top potential. Like at this point, if he plays outstanding basketball, then my team is immensely better than if I was to take some floor player. And at this yep. point, these are guys I'm okay with dropping. Like you got to be at you're drafting at this point. These are not the cornerstones of your team. You take your shots. You'd be willing to move on though. Like if he comes out and struggles, I'll probably move on. But it's someone to keep an eye on because you see rookies always get better at the end of the season. So it's one of those that might require patience. I definitely agree. And one thing, um, so Sleeper has our draft going out to 150 picks, or is that 159 picks? Uh, yeah, so, 100, yeah, 150. Yeah, so uh, I think we're going to stop after this round. Um, Because, I mean, at this point, you know, we see a lot of reaching already happening. I mean, we have Tim Hardaway Jr. going already, um, Quay Thompson. So, um, yeah, so I think it'll be a good good point to stop after this round. Yeah, we can stop after this round. We'll probably – I'll say we'll mention some of our, like, late-round targets. I know that after 10th round, people are still drafting for bench. So we'll just – we'll go through this round. I'll make my pick. We'll talk about some of our favorite guys to go reach for mm-hmm. at this point in the draft that could really give you that ceiling, yep. you know, that that chance at a championship. Like these are the guys who, if they don't hit, you drop them. If they hit, it's really talking about winning a season. So one of the guys I'm looking at, uh, Dylan Brooks is down here. I'm not really looking at him in this pick because they just came out with a report that he's going to be out for a few weeks, and they keep drafting more guys. They have more players. He was solid. I think he's a good floor guy, um, but I'm not taking him because of the ceiling. The person I'm going to go for because of ceiling, and I know I drafted Giante Murray, but I like Keldon Johnson. There's a chance he comes in, takes on a large scoring role, good assists. I mean, good rebounds, good defensive numbers. So I think I'm going to go Keldon Johnson here. Not that I think he falls under the same the same criteria as DeJounte Murray. They're looking for someone to fill the void of DeMar DeRozan this year. So right. he has ample opportunity to, you know, to re- uh, really pick it up. So next up we had we had John Wall go, who he's kind of in, in limbo right now. I think he could be a really solid piece wherever he goes. But, you know, Curling doesn't have a for, for certain team. Uh, T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren is still out indefinitely after a report I saw today. Um, he's still get, he's getting evaluated on his foot, I think, in four weeks. So um, it's a risky pick there. Again, we're just reaching here. So, you know, solid if he comes back, but you, we just had no time frame on when that would happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Mikhail Bridges, um, really good categories player, not as good of a points player. Um, he can have really solid games. There's also games he just disappears. So yeah. oh, uh, there, you know, you kind of you pay for what you get there. So. Yeah. 
And I think he's one of those floor guys too. Like if you've taken just a ton of shots at the beginning of your draft, like your first eight picks, all guys who could flop, it's maybe it's not always a bad thing to pick guys who have a solid baseline towards the end of the draft. But my favorite thing is to pick guys I feel very confident in at the beginning and then just starting like picks nine, maybe even eight, eight, nine, ten. I just start taking shots. I scroll down. I want to find the guy who's got superstar potential, whose team has given him the opportunity, things like that. Definitely agree. The next up, we had Lloyd Marketing. Okay, a guy who signed um, to looking for another star, looking for a fresh star in Cleveland. Um, I, I think a guy who, had, he, you know, he's looking to make a difference. Um, he's been talking bad about, you know, so I think he's going to look to prove himself this year. I think he'll be solid. It'll be interesting to see how Cleveland's going to play all these guys, you know, Evan Mobley, Marketing, Jared Allen. So I guess it'll be, you know, the the person who shows the most promise, you know, take, gets the spot. So we'll still be interested to see them all fight for it. So 10th round, 7th pick, uh, my last pick. Um, there's a few options left on the board that I'll go ahead and mention now. They're kind of interesting. Um, Steven Adams. Steven Adams traded for Jonas Valanciunas this summer. Um, I think Steven Adams, he's been showing a lot of promise in the preseason. Um, kind of a floor guy like you've been mentioning. Um, I think he's, he'll give you a double-double just about any night, you know, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Not, you're not going to get a monster performance every night out of him, but you know, you'll know what you're getting out of him once you pick him. Uh, Harrison Barnes showed a lot of promise last year. Uh, he played, I think, la- played the best last year than he has in a few years, in my opinion. So I'll look for him to continue that this year. Derek White, um, I definitely think Derek White should should have been taken by now. Yeah. Um, kind of falls in the same category as Kelvin Johnson, DeJounte Murray. He's looking for. They're looking for who's going to be that next guy up. Popovich loves DeJon, uh, Derek White. He, he does. Just, he, he really loves Derek White. He just struggles with injury. That's the yep. only problem. Um, seems like every year it's his toes, his armpit, it's his tongue. It's something every year. So, <laughs> so hopefully, you know, he'll he'll um, come come back in the zone this year. Bogdan Bogdanovich on the uh, on the Hawks. Uh, yeah. And that he showed a lot of promise towards the end of the year, with, especially with Trey Young with some games. Um, uh, he started playing. Uh, 40, 40 plus minutes towards the end of the season. Um, gave a real good triple double threat at the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to see if that carries over to this season. And then lastly, Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell Carter Jr., um, him and Mo Bomb are kind of fighting for that center spot right now. Hell, even I think last game, they, they played them both at the same time. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do with the Bigman role down there. If they're going to go Twin Towers or have them, you know, offset each other. So those are five targets I still have on the board currently. Um, but for my pick, I think I'm going to have to go with this guy. I mean, he should not be on the board right now. He should be long gone. Derek White should be taken, so I'll definitely have to take him there. Yep, I, I agree with that. And so, like we talked about, and so you'll hear this in like when you hear people talk about fantasy football and stuff. When you're calling your shot on a team that suddenly has a void in playmaking, we're not saying Derek White Keldon Johnson, Deontay Murray are all going to be studs. We're saying to call your shot. Like when you look at these guys, someone has to be the guy. And there's and there's room in fantasy basketball for two guys to be the guy. It's hard for three. Usually they have to be all superstars, you know, like the Lakers, the Nets, the those kind of superstars. But there's a chance. But taking your shot in the 10th round on Derek White should be low risk, no risk high reward and then some of the guys who went after you or some of the people that were on my my watch list Karis LeVert you know at this point I would feel comfortable taking the shot on him starting in you could convince me seventh round I'm not doing it I feel more comfortable eighth ninth tenth 
I'm okay with taking that shot on him. Uh, he should be a monster if he gets to play, if he's given the opportunity. Wendell Carter was taken. And like you said, I was all in on Wendell Carter being a sleeper center until I started watching the preseason. And not that I'm <laughs> saying he didn't play bad, but Mo Bamba, oh my gosh. Should have like, been a monster. Holy cow. Like, where was this? I, and I, I know part of it is not his fault. Like yeah, the, he, the, he struggled with COVID last year as well. I think yeah, that kind of carried the Magic the drafted him behind Vucevic. Like, they went out and got one of the best centers in the draft behind Vucevic and didn't do anything with Vucevic. So I felt mm-hmm. bad for Bamba. Like, they finally moved on from Vucevic. Now, they did go get Wendell Carter in the trade, which is kind of saying, like, they don't trust him. Mm-hmm. But he's showing that he may have earned that that draft pick spot. Oh, yeah. So he's one of those guys later in the draft I'm really looking at. Um, so I'll go over just kind of the guys that didn't get drafted that I'm all about if you get them. This guy, I wouldn't say I'm all about. I put him on the list because everybody's talking about him. He's on everybody's sleeper list. Mm-hmm. So I at least want to talk about him. Robert Williams is oh, out yeah. there. Whew. Power forward center for the, for the Celtics. He's got all kinds of shot blocking ability. He's a great rebounder. Uh, decent scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't really get a lot of the looks because Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown are there. But he, he has that upside. If they give him consistent minutes, if they don't let someone else take his spot, if they use him, you know, 20 or 28, 32 minutes a game, I believe he's a great center to have this late. He should have plenty of blocks. Um, he averaged 2.1 blocks per game on 24 minutes per game. Ooh. So, I mean, just up at eight more minutes, that you could be talking about a three-block-a-game guy. That's, that's awesome to have. Uh, another guy, Chris Boucher. Big problem with him is you just went underwent surgery. It wasn't a serious surgery, but he's still going to be out quite a few weeks. And then for some reason, Nick Nurse just did not want to play him last year. He didn't trust him on defense or he thought he was a liability. So you're taking the hope that you know that if he gets out there and plays just like Robert Williams, he could be a monster. But will they let him play? So I like him as a shot later in the round. Jakob Pertl from the Spurs again. He showed double-double threat at the end of the season. Someone's yep. going to be filling that void. Cam Reddish is a guy I want to keep my eye on. Interesting. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich showed that he could be that secondary scorer to Trey Young last year, and he filled in great for Trey Young Trey Young was out. But Cam Reddish is a guy with a high draft pedigree, like someone you want to get into the game. He showed a little bit of improvements, a little bit of improvements. He's always been a good defensive player. If his offense comes around, if he starts hitting those shots, I can see him really getting – into that playing time. Uh, the problem is they've got Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, and... Uh, yeah, Gallinari on top of that. Gallinari, and even um, DeAndre Hunter, all competing for that those similar minutes. So he's someone that you can keep an eye on. Um, that late, Mo Bamba's on there. And then my last guy is someone I took in our, in our draft at the very last pick, Terrence Mann. He looked great at the end of the season last year when Kawhi was out. He Just really on a massive extension. Yeah, he's well, not not massive, yeah, they paid but <laughs> 22 <laughs> mil, two years. For, him, so. yeah. for, what, for how much playing time he got last year, that's a massive extension. He played well in the playoffs, helped him a lot. That was very important. So Terrence Mann's a guy, with, as long as Kawhi's out, they haven't been starting him a ton in the preseason, which doesn't give you the most confidence. But I think in the last game, they decided to start him. This most recent game, they've decided to start him. Yeah. So they're going to take a chance. And look, and... Uh, one of the things we haven't really mentioned in points league since you're playing every night, schedule is important. And so you want guys who play on off nights. And sometimes it's these West Coast teams 
who play on off nights, these big name teams that play on off nights because they want everybody to get to watch those games. So people on Lakers, Nets, Trailblazers, and Clippers, a lot of times get to play on off nights. So I drafted Terrence Mann in our league. He's someone to keep an eye on later in the list. Yep. And we're we're already seeing that, you know, open tonight, there's two games. There's, you know, Lakers, Warriors, and then Nets, Milwaukee. So, I mean, it's already showing. Then then on the next day, you have kind of the rest of the teams playing. And it kind of repeats that same thing. So, yeah, definitely something to look at. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to make another point, like what you said, when, when, when uh, Tyler was talking about taking your shot. I definitely agree. We're not telling you, you know, these are these are going to be the guys. It's just, you know, we're just giving you an option on who we who the, who are thinking rankings are going to be the next guy. You know, we talked about DeJounte Murray. We talked about Derek White. We talked about Keldon Johnson. You know, that this not to say, you know, couldn't be Lonnie Walker that that takes that huge step up. Yeah. You know, they, they brought in Thaddeus Young, you know. We're just giving you the options of, you know, who we think might, who we think has the best chance, you know, the, to be that that player this year. So, um, same thing with, with Orlando. You know, they have Wendell Carter and Mobamba. We didn't talk much about the guards. You know, they have Markel Fultz coming back. He was having a breakout season last year. They have Cole Anthony. So, you know, just lots of players um, that, um, that you can choose from. But we're, we just named uh, who we think would be the best option. Yeah. I think the last two guys I forgot to talk about. Jonathan Isaac on that Magic team. Oh, yeah. Great defensive player. Um, Still coming back from injury. Not vaccinated. A lot of question marks there. Could be great player. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker on the Pelicans. Oh, yeah. When he gets in, he shoots. You know, he's he's not afraid to shoot the ball. He's going to, if he gives him 10 minutes, he's going to take 20 shots. So, has that chance. I kind of like taking, rolling the dice on him. Um, But... Anybody else that you've just uh, really stood the, out to you later down this list? My last one is Darius Garland. Darius Garland, um, the, the biggest thing about that I liked about the Cavs and Darius Garland and Colin Sexton that I've seen in, in previous years, they are not afraid to play them. And I think that goes hand-in-hand why they get that why yeah. they're out so much and why they're hurt. There, there was a stint where Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, with a losing record, were playing 40, 41 minutes a game. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, their their guard depth just isn't there. They don't have many guards behind them that that they trust. Um, they, there's questions on whether they'll be able to, you know, be on the same team in the future if they want to really compete. But you know, they all like each other. They're all friendly around each other. So um, there's Garland still being available. I think is absurd. I think Darius Garland is a top sixty player. I mean, he's a he puts up triple double type numbers. So yeah, I agree with you there. I can't believe I missed him on that. Uh, sorry about that. Forgive me, Darius Garland. You deserve way more respect than that. So, like we said, this is off of Sleeper's ADP. Uh, You will see different rankings depending on which platform you're drafting on. So my advice is do your homework, find the players you love, but then play the game of figuring out where they're going to be drafted. You know, if you think DeMontis Sabonis is going to be the number one overall player in fantasy, don't draft him at number one. (laughs) But go ahead and, I mean... I felt comfortable reaching for him at 12. I don't think it's a reach. ESPN is telling me it's a reach. But, you know, find those guys, find good spots to target them, and call your shots. And that's the best way to have fun in fantasy basketball. When you hit your shot on a fantasy basketball player in a points league, it's so much fun because, like, every night you get to watch them put up those points. And you never have to worry about, well, this category's out. It doesn't matter if I play this player because they're only getting me stats in the categories that I'm already losing. This is like every night you get to plug them in, you get to watch their points go up. It's just fun. It feels like you're playing DFS 
every night and you get to do it against your best friends so hope you've enjoyed this we love absolutely love talking about fantasy basketball we really have enjoyed points leagues and so we love getting to do this draft uh, hopefully y'all enjoyed it hopefully you learned uh heard agree with some of our input our insights maybe you disagree we'd love to hear your thoughts on some of these players oh yeah most definitely um de- definitely provide us feedback let us know how we did if you agree disagree let us know uh, we're definitely gonna try to come out with a lot more content uh, running uh, fancy basketball. Maybe like some of our sleeper picks that we kind of discuss go more in depth on the sleeper picks. Maybe some of our do not draft picks, you know. So uh, we'll definitely try to come out with some more um, footage, different things. So yeah, definitely let us know how everything worked out. And uh, Tyler, I look forward to being you again this year. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh my goodness! So uh, that's it. The best part about fantasy basketball is that one of these days I will shut Datoon up and it'll one, be one so days. nice. I will not <laughs> stop bragging. It will be, I mean, it'll be years of gloating. I may even retire whenever it happens, but Datoon has does have a reign of terror. He did get put out last year by our our nemesis, but that's, uh, that's we're not even going to mention his name here on the podcast. <laughs> not even going to mention his name, but yeah, I'm hoping that we get to have a little bit more content before the season starts. I'd love to have like a an episode of maybe telling you guys who like our guys we'd be willing to wage our bets on for the season. And then we kind of give you some updates on the season on how they're doing and how our the players we're calling our shots on are doing. So anyways, that's it. I think from me and Datoon, the fantasy engineers, you know, two engineers who take time out of their thrilling lives to get <laughs> to talk fantasy basketball. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks. And hope to get to see y'all again soon. Sure, sign off.